Good morning and welcome to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, May 27th, and I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz. I am in studio with Maddie Love, Marissa Alexa McCool, and Stephanie Zavan. This is an open conversation, and we welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at at Atheist Talk. The phone number is only available when we're in live, but you can always email or tweet whether we're live or you're listening to the podcast. Maddie, Marissa, Stephanie, welcome to Atheist Talk. Thanks. I feel like it's my first time all over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we are going to be talking about Marissa's new book that is coming out, um, which I have the name right here, Once Unspoken, correct? Yes. Excellent. And do you want to tell us like, what was the inspiration for this? So I made my first public appearance as my, my true self in the UPenn production of the Vagina Monologues back in 2017. And I got close with a lot of the people who were in the cast, and a lot of them talked to me about trans issues, because it turns out I was the first trans person in 17 years of the production to ever be in the show. And one of the things that really irritated me about that was that they used the trans monologue and five cis people performed it. And that seemed weird because it came on right after my part. And you could see the people in the audience looking at them, then looking at me, then looking, you know. So that, that was an experience. But then they invited me back as a spotlight speaker. Uh, you know, and I could perform my own piece. And what I noticed was that I was being invited to perform my own piece, but... Everybody else in the show had to deal with uh, the very, very strict licensing of that particular show. Uh, specifically, a girl named Megana, who is a Southeast Asian woman, uh, she was wearing a full sari, and she had to fight for one sentence. She wanted to say, my sari is not an excuse to fetishize me, and she had to fight for that. And I also noticed there were about 70 women in the show maybe 10 of them were of color and i was the only trans person and i was i obviously wasn't a student anymore so it's like someone's not feeling represented by this show and it looks like a lot of people aren't and that was what megana was saying was that i don't feel welcome here i don't feel like this show is about us you know i don't feel like this show is about uh people like marissa and you know that's one kind of trans person never mind that there are no trans men involved at all and they were born with vaginas why are they irrelevant and you know we kind of had that moment of well why don't we write our own show you know ha 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 and then it was like hey why why don't we write our own show so that was kind of the whole inspiration behind it and megana it she is a fulbright scholarship winner uh she's heading overseas uh to now that she's graduated, and I was like, you have to write the foreword. Your voice needs to be heard. You are a, an incredibly special person. And it was like, I'm going to combine, I'm going to put put out feelers. I, like, I want women and people of color. I want trans men. I want trans women. I want queer people, like any, as many different kinds of people that can possibly be represented here because we wanted to make a story that was in the, in the vein of the vagina monologues, but not just for white cishet 90s feminists. 
Yeah, that that actually was one thing that I definitely found um, reading through was just the idea of how dated it is in in the sense of people of color, trans. Um, but then, and somebody had brought up another part, which was you know the school shootings and things like that, which affect I think everybody in in that sense. And it's just like, yeah, these these sound like they need to be updated. Right, right. And that is not to say that it's a bad show, nor is it to say that any of us are ungrateful for the conversations it did get started. But I'm I'm sitting there in a theater with mostly kids who are 10 to 12 years younger than me. And we're talking about, you know, there's no social media. There's no school shootings. There's no, uh, you know, there's one trans monologue and it's problematic at best. And... It's just, you know, a lot of people were saying to me, well, my, my trans friends don't want to come because they don't feel welcome in this space. And you also had the, the producers going on beforehand to say uh, specifically women and people with vaginas. So it was like they have to update the opening and closing to be more inclusive. And once again, that is not to say that Eve Ensler created a bad piece, but it's, it is to say that it was a little bit niche and there are other people who are like, well, why can't I talk about what I've been through? Why am I not represented in this show? Why isn't there a monologue about being of color except to call, you know, my vagina a coochie snorcher? Like, let's, you know, we need more, uh, something maybe a little more serious about what, what that's like. So I felt like instead of doing the Eve Ensler thing of interviewing people and then trying to piece together, I would try to find as many voices as, as I could and have them write their own words and then write some of my own pieces as well. And it turned out fantastic. Thank you. Absolutely. Though though I will admit, I think I have to go to the dentist because I think I got a couple of cavities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you talking about your relationships was absolutely awesome and, and very sweet. That That's another thing that's not very well represented in media in general is poly relationships. So I, I try to emphasize what that's like because there are a lot of people who are like, well, how does Polly work? Or as Callie asked recently, what is your Google calendar like? So, <laughs> you know, most people think it's, oh, well, you're married and you also want to sleep with other people. It was like, no, I have individual relationships with my partners and they're completely different from each other. So I really wanted to emphasize that. And especially Devin, who is not also a content creator and is not always uh, out there trying to be visible. They pretty much just enjoy being around me for some reason. So I made an entire chapter for them because some people were like, well, why don't you ever write anything about Devin? It's like, because well, they don't really want me to. They're completely happy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um... You know, I was just thinking, going back to you talking about how the, the vagina monologues almost just need to be updated. And it's like, they were created, was it 20 years ago, 30 years ago? I believe it was in the 90s. Yeah, so it's like... There's a lot of things from the 90s that at the time were fantastic. Mm -hmm. But we do, you know, society has moved forward. We've moved forward. We've grown. We've learned. It doesn't, I, I, I like what you said, Al. It doesn't make it bad. It just means we need new stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the trans monologue they have, like I said, it's a little bit problematic. It still revolves around the idea that one is defined by their vagina. And it's like, that's not what made me a woman. That's not right. what most of our experiences it's like because um, the opening line feels creepy because it's this you know the first time i saw a vagina was when i was changing my sister's diaper it's like oh 
that, that's not really. <laughs> yeah, I've admittedly never sat or you know attended the vagina monologues or anything else, but yeah, that would be that's. I, I realize it's not intentionally creepy, but it does kind of have a. Yeah, and no thanks. You know, it also revolves around the, you know. Oh, I was beaten. I was whatever, and I had to overcompensate and all that. And of course, it's a straight trans woman, so you know, there's there's that whole aspect too. And once again, I'm not saying that it's entirely, you know, worth throwing out. But the fact is, it just doesn't represent a lot of people, and it does get a lot of conversations started. And it it is really there are still some pieces that are really relevant, but there are an awful lot of people who feel left out. So I decided to try to make something like that that would include a lot more people. Um, at least half the writers are trans. Um, more than 66% are queer of some flavor. And more than 10 of them are people of color. So that, that, was, that was the idea of, you know, the subtitle of the book is a series of monologues from the previously unheard. And that, that was the point to sort of boost, boost them. Yeah, I like the diversity and the inclusivity that's included in the book. And I think my favorite part is, as you said, it's in their words. Mm -hmm. It's like you're not interpreting what they say through your lens and through your, like, filtering it through you. Like, you're getting what they want to say out. And that was wonderful. I, I feel like in, people misinterpret intersectionality as some kind of hierarchy of oppression, and it's not. It's simply saying, you probably have a different experience than I do, and I don't feel like it's my place to take someone's experience and interpret it. It's like, well, here, y you tell them. If I can use the minuscule platform that I have to help you tell your story, I'm going to do that rather than telling people what I think your story is. Yeah, there is Mendisa Thomas's story. It's like, I obviously can't fully identify with that as a white woman, but I could identify with part of it mm -hmm. as, you know, somebody who doesn't meet the stereotypical, you know, sexual ideal <laughs> of the country. Like, so it was great, like, reading all these stories and going, okay, I don't want to completely identify with this, but I do kind of identify with this and just pulling out meaning out of each story. Yeah. It was great. And well, and, and even just the things that I can't identify with, having it said in their own words and trying to, un you know, not trying to sympathize and be like okay this is what they went through yeah i can be aware of it yes this is the acknowledgement of it and like okay this is this is how this happened now how can i try and make sure this doesn't happen again yeah. in my presence at least right and you know there, there was especially including uh trans men and non-binary folk like i can imagine uh, you know Aiden came to the show with me, and it's like the only mention of trans men was, like I said, in the opening precept. And, you know, uh, MB folks like my friend Aaron or like Devin or people who are AFAB but don't identify as women, they, they don't have a place in that show. And I don't feel like that's right. You know? No, it sounds like what you've written is uh, basically take two. <laughs> Pretty much. And it's and it's not like uh you know oh the vagina monologue sucks no it's it was it was a start, it really was yeah and it's so, um, I feel like we should have music right now and we're not having music. <laughs> <laughs> I know. watching the countdown timer on air going oh it's almost time for break I know oh there we go, <laughs> uh, but please stay with us through the break and we'll return to atheist talk with Maddie Love Stephanie's Van. And Marissa Alexa McCool, I'm Hertzie Hertz, and you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. 
Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned in to Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, in studio with to talking today's guests, Maddie Love, Marissa Alexa McCool, and Stephanie Zavan. Before we get back, however, I want to remind everyone listening live that immediately following this program, you can listen to American Atheist Viewpoint, an official production of American Atheist. Please note, you can catch American Atheist Viewpoint by subscribing to the podcast version in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or the podcast player of your choice. As for the here and now, if you'd like to get involved with the conversation with Maddie, Marissa, and Stephanie, you can call us at 952 952- Nine four six six two zero five. Email us at radio at mnatheist.org or tweet us at at Atheist Talk. I think we have a Facebook t- page too, right? <laughs> yes, we have a Facebook page and a, we've got a Facebook page and a Twitter. The only thing we're missing is Instagram and Snapchat. I don't know if Instagram would work. At least not the, not this morning. No, I think totally pictures are no. It is too warm this morning. I was I was gave Stephanie a ride in today, and I was like, I'm I'm turning full Minnesotan right now because all I can think about is the weather. It's either too hot or too cold. If it reached, actually, it's never too cold. No, honest, I was gonna so. say if it, it if it hit 30 degrees today, I would be very happy. It hit, I think it hit 30 Celsius. Mm, more than well, not yet. It will though. All right. Well, we're having an amazing. <laughs> we'll stop being Minnesotan, Marissa. Oofda, hot out today, eh? Oh don't yeah, you know. sure. Don't you know? I am Thor. <laughs> uh. He Thor. He Loki. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want so, to do get help. On topic. Marissa, did you find that you had to do any work to persuade people to contribute? That the people who maybe, you know, their voices haven't been asked for, you had to convince them that somebody was listening? Or was everybody really eager to contribute at this point? I think the most difficult part in that regard was there were several people who wanted to remain anonymous. And especially uh, one, in, one in particular was about her life living under an abusive marriage and how she used building her house and r- arranging things in her house as her escape because she had nothing else. She didn't know anybody. She was young, religious, and, you know, sort of married off at like age 17 or something like that. Yeah. So Was that the one who she didn't leave her house for six months? Yes. Oh, that my was, goodness. Yeah, that was a powerful, powerful piece. Yeah. And, you know, she's... Uh, She's still religious and connected to her family, so of course she didn't want her name published with that. She's a PhD candidate at University of Minnesota, and it, you know she didn't want anything connected to that because I, I'm sure she doesn't want her parents to know both that and that she's gay. So you know, there's there were there were some difficulties like that that I had to work through, and to make sure that people would be safe. Um, there, there was even one writer who wrote one piece with their name attributed to it and an, and another that they didn't. So I don't feel like anybody was hesitant to be heard. I feel like they were more hesitant to attach their name with brutal honesty because even still w- women and non-men being honest about themselves can encourage and perpetuate violence against them. Sorry, that was just like, (laughs) say, I can kill a conversation, can I? (laughs) That was maybe a slightly more sober answer than I was expecting, but (laughs) yes. Well, it was just, it was just, you know, I'm reading through it and some of these stories, honestly, like I had to step back and go, okay, I'm going to read this story 
but I can't read it right now. Yeah. I'm not in the right frame of mind. Um, like, they're powerful, and I think that they're, they're stories that need to be told. And they need to, more than needing to be told, I think they need to be heard. Yeah. Um, I just hope that the people that need to hear them, hear them. Well, another example of one of those that is, you know, a big content warning is Melissa Franks. And Melissa Frank is a non-binary person uh, up at, up in Duluth. And in December, their 19-year-old son was murdered. And their piece is in a, in a lot of detail about what they were going through, especially their experience uh, at the morgue, where they were not allowed to see him because of that. And I remember reading part of what they wrote. Um, where they said, the coroner said they could pull the sheet off of a hand. That was all they would be allowed to see to say goodbye. And they said, you know, that image would have haunted me for the rest of my life. And I remember thinking, that image is haunting me for the rest of my life. I can't imagine being told that about my own child. Um, one of the weird coincidences, too, is that another writer, because this was the first time I wrote a book that writers I didn't even know reached out to me. And there was another writer not connected to me in any way who wrote in and also wanted to write about her son who was murdered and he was the same age and murdered in the same way. So it was like, the, the, you know, they were both 19 and it was, it was chilling. So I made sure the book was dedicated to both of those because 19 year old kids just being murdered. And of course, you know, we we often talk about how frustrating it is for the gun debate, and every time there's a school shooting, which I'm I'm sure there's been one since this conversation started, which is depressing. But what makes it even worse is having your own child be murdered, and then people telling you that you aren't allowed to participate in the gun debate, or you know, any of the cliches. It's like. It's frustrating enough, and uh, imagine adding that to it. Imagine having your son shot with a shotgun at point-blank range and someone telling you that your position in the gun debate is invalid. And Melissa spoke at the uh, March for Our Lives up in Duluth, and a lot of their speech is what's in the book. And I knew what most of that speech was going to be, and I was still wrecked. Because even in that platform... You know, I even remember during the Women's March, there were an awful lot of people who were like, oh, tr you know, trans women, you can have your own march. This isn't about you. Or, you know, women of color, this isn't about you. This is a bunch about a bunch of wh white cis women getting together. This is our time. There was a lot of that gatekeeping that we often talk about. And Melissa chose their platform to not only talk about their son, but made sure to say, you know, Black Lives Matter and LGBT rights matter and, you know, when someone has given a platform like that, they can make it all about themselves, and they chose not to. And I've always tried to live by that as well. Um, you know, I, I could have just made this book about trans women, but I don't feel like that would have been uh, genuine to how many different people out there have these kind of experiences. Well, and it wouldn't be true to the title of the book. I mean, it, it wouldn't part because trans women's voices, you know, should be heard and their stories should be heard too. But it's it would be such a narrow it would be in such a narrow focus. Mm -hmm. And even within trans women, there are drastically different experiences. You know, I'm an economically stable uh, trans woman who lives in a state where we're protected. Yeah. And 
there are plenty of trans women that I know personally who don't even have their own parents' support. And even then, I'm a white trans woman. Uh, Princess Harmony, who was a, a queer, a queer uh, Latinx trans woman. It's like, I don't have the same experiences that you do, because if, if trans women have it bad, trans women of color have it really bad. Their life expectancy is 35. And, like, Princess Harmony is another one who I had the weirdest connection to. Uh, I went to the same community college as her before I transitioned. So it was like, I, I found her in a book. <laughs> like, I found her in a book. I'm like, I know that name. Oh my God, I went to school with her. <laughs> well, we will return with our guests, Marissa, Stephanie, and Maddie, right after the break. Please stay with us. I'm Hertzie Hertz, and you're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF. I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, and we're having what I would classify as a fascinating conversation with Maddie, Marissa, and Stephanie. Before we continue this conversation, which will be our final segment with Maddie, Stephanie, and Stephanie, there's a bit of housekeeping I need to attend to. Atheist Talk is produced with the funding from Minnesota Atheist, Cucumbers Restaurants in Edina, Minnesota. Please consider visiting our sponsors. Did I do it again? You said no. Maddie, Stephanie, and Stephanie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll just talk a lot. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. It's morning. I haven't had enough coffee. That's okay. You can talk, Hertzie. Uh, <laughs> with Cucumbers, Cucumbers is an awesome restaurant and everyone should go at least once. Um, if, but if you do go, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk and you'd like them to advertise on the program and help keep us on the air. And please, if you'd like to help keep us on the air with advertising, please just contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. I also want to note our dedicated group of volunteers and the generous donations of you, our listeners. You'll help keep Atheist Talk on the air in podcast form. I also want to note our donors of the week, which we actually don't really have one, so I'd like to thank all of our donors. And if you are able to help with a donation, please consider doing so at our radio fund page or our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash atheisttalk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 to hex-deductible organization, and we couldn't do the show without you and we deeply appreciate your support music for atheist talk is by composer and member brent michael davis and is used with permission please note all opinions are the guest and host only and do not necessarily reflect those of the minnesota atheist organization as always check out the minnesota atheist website for podcasts of previous programs you can browse articles book reviews and peruse the calendar for upcoming events you can also sign up for the weekly email which will give you links to upcoming events it's a great way to stay connected to the community if you enjoy the show and all that minnesota atheist has to offer consider becoming a member of minnesota atheist while you're on the website membership has some great perks check out the hows and whys on the website and with all that relevant and very useful information out of the way let's get back to our conversation with maddie marissa and stephanie you mean my name's not stephanie <laughs> i mean it I mean, could be it could be yeah if you want it it's a, not a bad name yeah are you suggesting there's something wrong with a name like stephanie absolutely not okay just wondering <laughs> <laughs> uh, troublemaker all of us <laughs> I never make trouble. No. I'm going to call bull on that. <laughs> we call the rest of it on that, but it's, you know, live radio. <laughs> and and you also have the fact that you're wearing the secular women's shirt, and I don't see an Outrage Brigade sticker anywhere. So you are false advertising right now. <laughs> All right. Well, we had, we had a question, one more question about the book, and it escaped my brain. <laughs> We we're going to plug the yeah. extra for Patreon. Oh, yes, yeah. that was. Yes, so if you become a patron of Marissa, and which patron is, do you just have the one patron? I have two. 
Oh, yeah, I was going to say, because I wouldn't be surprised if you had two. So which patron gets the super awesome extra content? I would say either. I'm going to post them on either one. So uh, that includes the sister out of, getting out of hand? Yes, that oh, one's yes. Uh, Patreon.com slash QAF. And Inciting Incident is Patreon.com slash Inciting Incident Podcast. Awesome. And the Patreon for Atheist Talk is Patreon.com slash Atheist Talk. Yes. Don't you wish your Patreon was hot like me? <laughs> yes, every day. <laughs> and she did that in the first Akai. As long as it's not no, as hot as the studio. Oh my oh gosh. Oh god, it is warm in here. Um, Are we really going back to the weather? <laughs> We're this Minnesotans, is Minnesota. okay? We can't stop. <laughs> did nobody warn you before you moved? Apparently not. <laughs> what do they talk about in like Pennsylvania? Uh, not the weather. Uh, mostly how they're gonna beat up people who don't look like them but you know yeah. okay so isn't the weather at least a step up <laughs> it absolutely is I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad i'm saying are we really going back to that right now <laughs> well and speaking of the weather and and changing in weather depending on where you are you, i hear you have a live show in chicago we sure do and it'll be uh, june 23rd at the D den theater in downtown chicago and because atheism sometimes has a problem with realizing there are people other than white cishet men who can speak about atheism, what? I know that's a shock. Uh, we decided to have our live episode include no white men. So uh, Bethany and I, uh, you know, a trans woman and a queer cis woman host, and our guests will be Jenica Crail of the podcast um, Real Life Beyond Faith. We will have Mandisa Thomas. Uh, who is the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers, Alex Jules, who um, is friggin' amazing. If you don't know who Alex Jules is, I kind of feel sorry for you. And um, Stephanie. So. Oh, right. That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just snuck into the studio. You snuck into my car first. <laughs> <laughs> like, not in the backseat kind of way. Like, just, no. like, not, like, just strangling. No, actually, no, it was like kind of cool. No, she had to move her purse. Oh. Okay. Very okay. sneaky. And I pulled up, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a surprise attack. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we, we did a live show for 100, and... Uh, Minnesota people might know the name Chris Cluey. We had him there. I flew him out from California. And like everybody else, I was just like, oh, you're just here so I can pretend that this is not me just trying to talk to Chris Cluey on a public stage. So, uh, and I am, I'm, I'm pretty gay. Uh, I'm mostly into women, but I would go straight for Chris Cluey any day. <laughs> and admittedly, he's the only person who's got me quasi interested in football. Yeah. And he doesn't even play football anymore. Now he makes... Uh, role-playing card games, so probably more up your alley. <laughs> you can follow Chris Cluey on Twitter at Warcraft. Freeze take. <laughs> yeah, it's like I have to get back to it. It's like, don't geek out, don't geek out. Um, so why Chicago? Because, I mean, here, we have so many theaters. Well, because when we did number 100, I was still living in Pennsylvania, and we had the show in Pennsylvania, so we figured, why not have it where Bethany lives? And Bethany is, I don't know if she runs it or if she's just very involved with Chicago atheists, but I know uh, she, she's pretty active with that. So it was, okay, it's your turn. We'll have one in, in your area. You know, you can find the right theater and you can help with all the questions of where people should go for hotels because I spent so much trying to coordinate um, you know, people flying in because Thomas Smith and Chris Cluey flew in from 
California and, you know, I had Noah and the crew driving down from New York and eight guests plus Bethany and a theater. It, it was a lot to coordinate. And then when they started asking questions like, what hotel do we stay at? Brain melt. So it's like, Bethany, you handle that part. Yes. I was going to say, you are probably one of the few people who can get me to go to Chicago again. <laughs> I've heard that more than once. <laughs> I, I have family in Chicago. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> So, Hertzie, it sounds like we need to talk to Bethany about which hotel we should stay at. Right. Excellent. Stephanie, you on board with asking Bethany? We should just, like, all message her at once, three different messages. I think we should all sit at brunch and everybody text her. Bethany, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not really, but, you know. And now the exciting part of the show, coordinating hotels for an out-of-state trip. How about that weather, eh? <laughs> hey, for Minnesotans, that can be riveting in the middle of winter. I'm sure it can. <laughs> also hearing about the warm weather because it's like, right, that's around the corner. Yeah, uh, this was my f first winter in Minnesota since 2010, I think, 2010 or 2011, whatever. And I went down to Florida in December, and it just so happened to be the same weekend that it snowed in Atlanta. So, like, I, I went to the <laughs> south, and it was cold there, too. So There, there's my weather contribution. You happy? <laughs> Very. So where can people find tickets to this amazing show? They can find it on um, the Den Theater website or on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash inciting incident podcast. There's a link there, but uh, it's directly through the theater page. So it's it should be very easy to find. Like, Admittedly, it was easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. And then easy, easy to do. <laughs> yes. Because yep. I think it was last week you were giving me heck about that. Well, of course. Yes. Don't worry. I'll be there. <laughs> Yeah, I bought my tickets before I knew whether or not I could have the time off work. <laughs> yeah, technically, I haven't done the the actual PTOs part yet. Well, yeah, and we are actually going to try to do a live atheist talk show yes. from Chicago. Oh, yes. Eric is just like looking going, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you can be recording live. No, I, was... <laughs> I didn't know Tom was in studio today. Well, we will be in Chicago. <laughs> that is actually true. Oh, gosh, how many people could you think we could hand handle on Skype? <laughs> well, I only have four mics, and my soundboard only has four channels, or has eight channels, but only four We can mics. share. Oh, yeah, we'll totally share. I'll share with Heath. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll share with any of them. Heath's not coming to Chicago? Well, I, I doubt it. I mean, he likes me, but not that much. <laughs> oh, and funny little anecdote, if Heath M. Wright ever offers you a cup of coffee that he made, you take it. I don't even like coffee, and Heath made the best cup of coffee I've ever had. So, Are we talking like better than, than... – Yes. Okay, that works. The best cup of coffee I've ever had. That's Not like impressive. world's best coffee because I see that a lot. Um, I'm <laughs> saying my best coffee, so your, your experience may vary. Usually it's in diners I see world's best coffee or yeah. Seattle's best coffee. It's like, no, that is not Seattle's best coffee. <laughs> no, Seattle's best coffee is in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> not in the package I bought. <laughs> no. <laughs> or McDonald's or whoever sells Seattle's best coffee. Oh. Uh, is it the Starbucks? I don't know. I yeah, don't Starbucks in Seattle. Yeah, I think this conversation got off topic. We went slightly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could go back on the rails, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so your live show for the inciting incident. So... <laughs> Because, like, I, I really want to know, going, what to look forward to. Is it just, is it essentially kind of like what's in this book, people getting up to speak? Or is it just like a listening to a live taping of Better not be incident? people getting up to speak. I haven't been told to prepare anything. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's going to be live interviews. Well. Um, 
if if you go back and listen to the 100th episode, it was in two parts, and we we had uh, the first guest on for 20 minutes, the second on for 20 minutes, and then group discussion with all of them, and then we did that twice. So uh, with just four people, it'll probably be first person, second person, and then uh, halftime in the middle, and then repeat. And then we, of course, had a Q&A with the audience and everybody involved at the end, so a chance to hear from uh, a good variety of perspectives, which is also what my book does. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Nice plug. Yeah, yeah. I'm subtle. I'm I'm as subtle as a train wreck. Are we going to get a halftime show? No. Well, uh, maybe. Not uh, even like an intermission dance, like hot dogs dancing on the screen. Absolutely no one wants to see to me dance. Lobby. I, I know you've got a lot of people who are guests with performing backgrounds, though. That is true. Maybe I'll get Pris out there with her acoustic guitar. Because, you know, I got to tell you, Pris is the queen of big leaguing. Do you know what big leaguing means? So, like, you know when you say, oh, yeah, I really like someone, and they're like, yeah, I had dinner with them this one time or whatever. I had Paramore on on my uh, car radio yesterday, and she's like, oh, yeah, I performed that song with Paramore uh, live for a theater. And it's like, oh, your, your one-upsman game ship is strong. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, Pris <laughs> played guitar with Paramore. That's... Uh, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> That's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will be for me. Uh, intermission was seeing uh, the offspring and their intermission was just somebody standing up dancing with bubbles. <laughs> and I, a G-string. <laughs> I went to uh, a Cleveland Cavaliers playoff game last year and the halftime show was Montel Jordan. And I was like, oh, look at my watch. 1994 already. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if we do one, we'll do it better than that. I was going to say, that probably doesn't take all that much. <laughs> but thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk, and we'd love to do you for joining us next Sunday, which should be another exciting episode.